0: Good morning, good morning. Feel free to grab your seats, grab your seats. Today is a bittersweet but special Sunday. Uh, As you all know, uh, today is Abby and Joe's final Sunday worshiping with us before they transition from serving here to serving with the MAPS Global Community in down in Richmond, Virginia. And so with that said, we have the, the honor to hear from them both one last time uh, this Sunday, which is going to be uh, just amazing to hear from them. Uh, and so if you're, if you're new to the transit and you don't know who the workmen's are, what you need to know about the workmen's is they are key leaders. They have been key leaders, capital K-E-Y leaders, in the transit family even before it was planted. Okay? So the church was planted like roughly 10 years ago, and even before the launch date, they were in Jeff Toomer, former lead pastor Jeff Toomer's basement, Uh, That's how far back they go. And so Abby Workman has been our uh, worship director for the past 10 years, leading us in adoration and praise and exaltation of Jesus. And Joe Workman has been, uh, for the last two years, an an elder, uh, a lay pastor here at the church. But even before he had the title, both of them have been shepherding and loving and serving this body so well. And so before I say too much, I'm not farewelling them right now. Uh, We're going to do that after they speak, after the message. So without further ado, before I say too much, let's put our hands together and uh, welcome Joe Workman to the stage one last, maybe one last time.
1: Thanks, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I got my tissue here, just in case, you just never know. Am I on? I think, mute. Check batteries, check one, two, check one, two. There we go. Ah, whew, how we doing this morning? We good? Yeah. It's nice outside, right? Oh, Jesus. God is good, huh? Whew. All the time. Whew. You got me. You got me already. Uh, I'm going to pray if I can. And then uh, we're going to open our Bible. Sound good? There's nothing better than the word of the Lord. Jesus, we love you. We love your presence. We love your house. God, you've put more joy in our hearts than when the new wine and grain abound. Your joy is our strength. And God, there is more joy in your presence than anywhere else. And so God, I just ask that you would fill our hearts to an overflowing place with the joy of the Lord. Just like we sang this morning, I got love, I got joy, I got peace. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you come and cause our hearts to overflow? That what comes out of our mouths... What comes through the actions of our hands would be an overflow of a heart full of the Lord. God, we ask that you would fill us up this morning. God, our heart posture is that, God, we need you desperately. We can do nothing apart from you. And so we ask that you would fill us up. Fill up our cups to overflowing so that the world around us, that our our wives, our husbands, God, our children, our friends, our brothers, our sisters would receive the love of God flowing from our hearts like living water. We love you, Jesus. We bless you. God, would you minister the word this morning, Would every one of my words fall flat, and whatever every one of your words, God, bear fruit. Every time you speak, God, it bears fruit. You always does what you send your word forth to do. So Lord, send your word forth into our hearts this morning. And may it bear fruit, Lord, a hundredfold, Jesus. We ask. Amen. All right. So I'm going to open with a passage of scripture that's really dear to my heart, and um, it's Acts 11, uh, verse 19. We're going to read this scripture, and then uh, we're going to launch into. Um, yeah, we'll go from there. Sound good? All right. So turn your Bibles, Acts 11. We'll start in verse 19. And uh, it says, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, when on coming to Antioch they spoke to Hellenists. Some versions translations will say Greek speakers. These would be non-Jews. Also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Now, this report came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas. And if we rewind back to our Acts series a year ago, Barnabas was, his actual name was Joseph, and he was called the son of encouragement, and they called him Barnabas, Barney. So we'll run with that. And when he came, he saw, verse 23, the grace of God. He was glad. He was filled with joy, right? He exhorted them, remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And it says a great many people were added to the Lord. And then, uh, not on the screen, but I'm just gonna read these last two verses. It says, Barnabas went to Tarsus and looked for Saul. When he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, so this is not Jerusalem, this is north of Jerusalem, the disciples were first called Christians. So we have a transition happening, right? The church has been scattered through persecution and they go to Antioch and they establish Antioch. And it's this, we're going to read a little bit more about Antioch. But the reason this passage is so, um, I don't know, I feel like dear to my heart is that we've got Barnabas um, seeing what God is doing in the community of Antioch. And he goes and he just like blesses them and encourages them. (laughs) At this house, you guys are at Antioch. It's just the reality it's a house, and, and we can read some more about this description of Antioch. But in this place, it was a place that was diverse. You have, and you, Acts 13, we'll read a little bit about it. But you got people from different countries, different ethnic backgrounds, different colors of skin, different languages, and they're all coming together. And there, it says that they, they pray, and they fast, and they worship. And the word worship is geo. It means to minister to the Lord. So you have this community, this diverse community. And they're ministering to the Lord. And, and people are getting saved. They're coming to know Jesus. And these aren't Jews. These are Greek-speaking people. They would be considered Gentiles, like all of us, unless you're of Jewish descent, right? And so you have this beautiful picture. And so Barnabas steps in the picture. They send Barnabas. They're like, who wants this assignment? And like, nobody's like, hey, I want to go to Antioch. Um, because that's where everybody fled from persecution. And whose persecution were they fleeing from? Do you guys just know? It's Saul right? Stephen was stoned, it says after Stephen, and they all fled from this man, Saul. So everybody's on the run from Saul. And then we have Barnabas. He's, he's back in chapter four. He sold a field. He gave a gift, a generous gift to the church. And the funny thing about generosity is oftentimes it sets you up for assignments. Uh, when you're generous to what God's doing in the house of the Lord, watch out. That's all I got to say. Just watch out. Because the Lord may say, hey, (laughs) I see that. I see that faith. I see that generosity. And now you know what? So shoulder tap. Who wants to go to Antioch? And nobody's signing up real quick. Barnabas is in the back of the room. He's like, hey, you know what? I'll go. Send me. And so this this fatherly figure shows up at Antioch. And he says, man, I I love what I see going on here. Keep on. Be steadfast. Keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. And so I want to encourage you this morning. My first uh, encouragement, I'm starting to get ahead of myself. Is this is it, is it Antioch? You all are a people that look different than each other. You sound a little different. You love Jesus. You're gathering together in prayer and fasting. I've heard the stories. I've seen what God's been doing here. The Holy Spirit is resting here. And you're sending people out. We got Jonah in the front seat this morning. He's been at MAPS Frontier Training School, right? How's it been, Jonah? Yeah, OK. So Jonah will be going in a month on a 90-day placement to a country that has less than 1% Christian Witness, He'll be going to an unreached people group. And for 90 days, he'll be singing, praying, and sharing the good news of Jesus. And so we're sending people out of here. And there's others that we've been sending. Um, fun fact. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to stop. Let me just... Sorry. Sorry, guys. So, so uh, anyway, all that to say is um, our time here, the last 10 years of the transit, we moved here uh, when I was graduating college, the Lord began to open doors. And so Jeff Toomer needed a worship leader. So Abigail and I, we were recently married. We had a daughter who was one year old. And the Lord said, hey, Northern Virginia. So we were, we were married down in Williamsburg. graduate college, we came up here. The Lord opened a door for a job. Um, and then we joined the living room community at Jeff Tumor's house. We played on the baby grand piano, and we just did what we just did this morning, just in a smaller space. So just imagine half of this stage, and that's the space we're in. And now look at it. You know, the Lord has done a, an amazing work. And so from living room to Hayfield Elementary School, we did the setup breakdown thing for many years. And uh, I don't know if my muscles have shrunk after that, not doing that as much, or who knows. But uh, now we're here in Edsel. And so an interesting statistic came up at the elders meeting uh, on, on Monday, is we've had over 1,700 people come through the transit in the last 10 years. 1,700. Now, this room may feel like, oh, we only got like 100 people in here. Hey, that's OK. Because you know what? This is, a, this is a sending center. And I know it's not our favorite thing to hear. And it's been hard. We've been here 10 years, and we've seen people come and go. And that takes a toll. But I tell you what, I really think that's, that's the model, the picture. Of what we see in the New Testament. They were constantly sending people out. Now, there were pillars. The Lord established pillars in the house. And by God, we're praying. Lord, send them that they stick. But also, Lord, send them through that they go, right? Because we never want to not be sending out and and being a part of the Great Commission because that's what Jesus assigned us to do was send, right? Go, therefore, make disciples of every nation, tribe, and tongue, right? And this gospel of the kingdom, Matthew 24, 14, it will be preached to every language. Every ethno group will have a witness of the gospel. It will happen. And so we get to be a part of it. And so this is... An Antioch Sending Center. So 1,700 people have come through the transit in the last 10 years. And I tell you what, in the kingdom of God, success isn't measured quantitatively. So even though that sounds like a great number and awesome, success is measured by faithfulness to God. He doesn't, he doesn't look how many people are in the seats, how many, how many salvations did you get last week, how many this, how many that. It's have you been faithful to me? Have you been faithful to the call that I put in front of you and the assignment I put in front of you? And have you been faithful to love me? Kingdom of God, it's not metrics and science. It is faithfulness to the Lord 100% of the time. And so my exhortation number one this morning, and I think some of us need to hear this, that the kingdom of God, success in the kingdom of God is loving King Jesus with everything. It's the first commandment, right? We love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And we do that one thing 100% of the time. And out of that flows a love for others. But it's loving the Lord and ministering. It says they were, in Acts 13, 1, 2, it says they were worshiping the Lord. That means to minister to him. And from that place came a call and an assignment to go. So it's number one priority, and I put this up here. My number one encouragement transit church to you this morning would be that you would choose intimacy with Jesus over anything else intimacy with Jesus over anything else. And I guarantee you that impact will flow out of that. Your, your life, will, your marriage will be impacted by it. Your children will be impacted by it. Your neighbors will be impacted by it. The ends of the earth will be impacted by your intimacy with Jesus is number one. And I know that may sound like an old broken record, but it's, it's the record. It's the record. So, I've been so encouraged to be a part of this family because hundreds have come through. We've been able to equip them, love them, and send them out of here on their next assignment, just like we send our friends Patrick and Tori. You guys are going on your next assignment, right? And so for 11 months or 6 months or 2 years or 4 years or 10 years, you're going to get poured into in this house. You're going to get equipped for the work of the ministry, and when the time comes, and Jesus knocks on your door through two dreams, a dream from Nick and a dream from Jen. Where is she? The Lord knocked on our hearts and he said, hey, guys, I got, I got a new assignment for you and I want you to begin to transition. So nine months ago, we began a transition that we're now stepping into. And so what, what this does, it does bring to center one thing that I want to leave with us this morning. And uh, there's a couple, but you got the first one, right? So what? Intimacy over impact, right? Intimacy with Jesus is primo. Um, so now I want to read two verses, Acts 13, 1 through 2. And I've already referenced them, but I just want to read them so that the word of the Lord has the say. In verse 1, it says Now there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, so he would have been African American, Lucius of Cyrene, or he would have been African, excuse me, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch. Herod the Tetrarch was the guy who beheaded John the Baptist, um, and Saul. And while they were worshiping, there's that word again, leiturgeo, ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and they sent them off. So Antioch was a centered, ascending center centered around what? The presence of God, the minister, worshiping the Lord, right? They were centered around this ministering to the Lord, this Gaia. And uh, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus gave the mission, right? If I was to throw out a number, there's, I'm going to give you guys some numbers, okay? You all ready for some numbers? If you don't love math, that's okay. These are simple numbers. In the earth today, there's about 14,000 different ethno-linguistic people groups. Y'all with me? 14,000. It's just 8 billion people, 14,000. If I was to throw out a percentage, what percentage? You guys throw some numbers out for me, okay? This is like interactivity. What percentage would you think have a witness of the gospel, meaning they have more than maybe 1% Christian living among them, speaking the word of Jesus consistently? Anyone? 70%? 45? Lower than 45? There's 40% still don't have a witness of the gospel. So that's 40%. So it's, it's pre- 2,000 years, and we've got 40% that still don't have more than 1% Christian living among them, sharing the word of God. Some don't even have the, lang- the Bible in their own language, right? They don't even have the word to them. And so it's, I think that's a little bit of an injustice, right? And I say that because Jesus died in his blood. It says he purchased from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation a people. And there's, there's tribes and tongues and nations that aren't in the kingdom yet. Are y'all with me? And so, and I bring this up. This is kind of heavy. But this is what has been stirring my heart over the last couple years, is that with 40% of the people that still don't have a strong gospel witness living among them, or any witness at all, this is the first generation where we have all the data. So there's this website called Joshua Project. Check it out. They got all the statistics. There's pins on the map. We know where every single ethno-linguistic people group exists, and we have more than enough resources because it's a couple plane rides away, maybe a plane and a connection flight, to get to people that don't have a witness of the gospel. And so I share this with us because there's a couple promises. So Matthew 24, 14, is that up there? Yes, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. So this will happen. The gospel of the kingdom will go forth. Ephesians 1, 8, is that one up there, Kevin? Okay, I'm gonna read this one to you. I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glory. Of his inheritance in the saints. Jesus has an inheritance in the saints. He has an inheritance in us and you, and he has an inheritance in the nations. Psalm 2, verse 8. It says, Ask of me. I will give you the nations, talking to Jesus, as your inheritance, the very ends of the earth as your possession. And in Daniel 7 and Revelation 5, there's this scene happening, and it says to him, talking about the Son of Man. That was Jesus' like number one title in ministry. He was like, I'm the Son of Man. In verse 14 of Daniel 7 it says and to him the son of man Jesus was given glory and dominion and a kingdom that all peoples all nations and all men of every language might serve him. So there's this tapestry in heaven it's going to look like every tribe every tongue every every nation. And so I bring all this up because I want to share with you the vision that we have as a family. So this is why we the Workman family are heading into a new season. God's he's been putting this on our heart for a long time and this isn't like this isn't like brand new. It may be new for some of us today, which is okay. Like, let's, let's think about this. Let's chew on this. Let's let this trouble us that there are people that don't have a witness of the gospel. There's people in our neighborhoods, right? Would you all agree with me? There's people in our neighborhoods. The nations are here. That's the beautiful thing about our neighborhood is the nations are here. We work with four of the nations. We work with other organizations. And there's, the nations are coming here. Like, other languages are right down the street. We did an evangelism training, and I spoke with someone. I think our team spoke with someone from Ghana. We spoke with someone uh, who is from um, the, the Middle East. There's multiple people, different languages and tribes, right down the street. So the beautiful thing is, is we actually don't have to go far to reach the nations. Y'all with me? But there is a need to bring the gospel to the nations. And so we as a family, uh, my wife, my three children, the Lord spoke to us, and we're, he's transitioning us. We're moving to become a part of MAPS Global. They're a spiritual family, um, a church family that has a training center. They train young, old, doesn't matter, to go to places where the gospel hasn't been preached yet, and there hasn't been a a strong gospel witness. Um, And then they also host a a, a room uh, where people can come and get prayer throughout the week. So eight to eight there's what they call the global prayer room. So they're praying for the nations. They're praying for the harvest. They're praying for people. You can come in and get prayer. But it's a church family that is similar to this family, which is the wild thing that the Lord would put... Us in a family so similar to this one and it's been a hard transition. Like we're this has been our roots for the last ten years, but the Lord said, Hey, it, it costs something to follow me. And I said, Jesus, you could have my life, you can have my wife, you can have my kids, you can have my bank account, whatever you want, it's yours. I give it freely because you're better than anything else. And so when Jesus says, Okay, I want you to pack your bags, you're moving to Richmond, you may end up in the Middle East at some point. You may end up, but this is the next step. This is what I'm calling to you. It's hard because we love this family. Like, this has been a hard transition. Nick and I, we prayed a lot together. And we've had a lot of tears shed, and I've, I've got my tissue. But the Lord is calling us as a people, and he's calling you, Transit Church, to go to the neighborhoods and to the nations. And part of the way that you're going to the nations right now is you're sending us, and you're sending Jonah, and you're sending others, and so and then you're sending yourselves to your coworkers and to the neighborhood, right? You all with me? All right, so I guess my exhortation number two is, is this. Um, I would encourage you, Transit Church, some of the stuff I shared, it's, it's kind of heavy, it's weighty, but I want it to be. I want us to feel the weight of that because Jesus is crying out, he's interceding that every nation, every tribe, every tongue would hear about him, would the good news would be proclaimed to him. And so my, heart, my exhortation number two is this, um, that we would get the Lord's heart for the nations, and you can put neighborhoods in there too, but also for the nations, like begin to ask the Lord for a people that maybe you don 't know the name of that people okay um, it 's okay to do that, and they you may find out that that people lives right next door. Um, but I would just encourage you, ask the Lord for His heart for the nations, and that it starts with prayer so matthew nine thirty seven through eight uh, Kevin that one should be up there. Um, this scripture. I'm just going to read it real quick. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but I want you to be aware of this passage, and I'd love for you to go and spend some time on it. Um, Verse 35 says, Jesus went throughout the cities and villages, teaching in synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease, every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion. And this is like a gut-wrenching cry in his heart because they were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is what? Plentiful. But the laborers are what? Phew. Therefore, go. No, it doesn't say, therefore, go. What does it say? Therefore, pray earnestly that the Lord of the harvest would, what? Send out laborers into his harvest. And so I just want to highlight that. His instructions, we see Jesus' heart for people, right, that don't have a witness or they don't even know him, right? They're harassed. And his solution is not, go do something about it. It's what? Go pray. I want you to pray. And you've got to ask the question, well, why pray, Jesus? What does that mean? What does that have to do with anything? Because when we begin to pray for God to send laborers into the harvest, our hearts begin to shift. That's what happens. He says, pray. Get together and pray. And we see that in Acts 13, 1 and 2. It says they were praying. They were fasting. They were worshiping the Lord. And what happened? The, the Lord said, set apart for me these guys, because I want to send them out to where? To the harvest, right? And so we come together and we pray. That's the, that's the place we start. We have to start from a place of prayer because it gives us that posture. And prayer, what is prayer, guys? I think I got, I think I got to preach on prayer a couple of weeks ago. It's just it's a conversation with you and the Lord, right? We're sons and daughters. We sang about it this morning. We're talking to the Lord. Hey, Lord, what's on your heart? Would you give me your heart for the nations? Do you give me that same compassion you have here in Scripture? Because honestly, I don't have it. Like, I could, I could care less about my neighbors right now. Like, I'm too busy making sure whatever. I mean, we got a lot of excuses, right? We got, whether it's houses or fun things we're doing or distractions or other things, there's lots of reasons why we don't, right? And so that's why we got to pray. We got to stop. Okay, Lord, hold on. What's on your heart? And help shift my heart. And so I know Nick's talked about this a lot. And we we just talk about it because that's where it starts. We got to start with that place of prayer. So I would encourage you, exhortation number two, let's get the Lord's heart for the nations, whether they're in your backyard, whether they're somewhere you've never been before. Um, and it starts with prayer. And so that's going to bring us to this place in Scripture where I feel like the Lord wants to unlock something in our hearts this morning um, related to the Father's heart. And so are you all right if I read one more passage? I know it's been a little bit of reading heavy this morning, but there's just one more passage that's um, really been burning in my heart. I'm not sure exactly why, but I've got a couple thoughts, but we're going to let the Holy Spirit have some room as we read this passage. you all with me? So we're going to start in Luke 15, um, verses 17 through 24. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of context. Um, Jesus is at dinner. He's at dinner with sinners. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, Jesus likes to hang out with sinners. He likes to hang out with the tax collectors. He likes to hang out with the people that the religious people maybe wouldn't like to spend some time with. And so they're asking him, like, hey, what are you doing, Jesus? Why are you hanging out with the sinners? And so he tells three stories. The first story is about a, a man who has a sheep that's lost. And he begins to look for this sheep. And um, he had a hundred of them. So you guys have heard the, this, this story before, right? He has a hundred sheep, one goes missing. And this man, he goes and he looks for the sheep. He finally founds it, finds it. And, uh, and it says when he finds this sheep, um, he rejoices. Okay? And then in the text, it says that there will be, I tell you this, he's telling him this story. He says, I tell you this because there will be more joy in heaven. And this isn't on the screen yet. I'm just kind of building up to it. When a sinner repents, the 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. That's what he says. There's more joy. And so he's giving us a picture of the father's heart for the one. And so then he says, he gives another parable. He says there was a lost coin. This woman, she lost a coin. She swept her whole home. She's looking everywhere for this coin. She finally finds the coin under the corner of this rug over here. Boom, there's my coin. She goes out. She does a little dance in the street. And it says, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then he tells this story. It's the story of the prodigal son. I know we've heard it. But I want us to read these words together. Are you all with me? So let's read this actually together. If you, I'll try to keep a cadence that keeps us together. Sound good? But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us celebrate and eat. Eat and celebrate, sorry. For this was my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to what? Celebrate. And I was reading this the other day, and I just feel like I think my exhortation to us as a, as a body this morning, as a family, would be this. In, in the verse 15, it says, but when he came to his senses, and in 18, it says, I will get up and go to my father. And then in verse 20, it says, so he got up and came to his father. And I would just encourage us this morning. I just got the sense that I think sometimes we feel distant from the Lord. We feel like we're, whether we've actively run away or whether we haven't, Sometimes we just feel distant from the Lord. And I just got this sense that there's some of us this morning, even in my own heart, that feel distant from the Lord. And I just want to help encourage us this morning to, to come to the Father, to turn and arise to the Father, because this is his posture towards us this morning. And I want you to catch this. His posture, as we read these words, is that while he was a long way off, the Father saw him. And so my encouragement to you this morning is the Father saw sees each of you right where you are. He sees each of you right where you are in your journey with him, in your understanding, in your journey. He sees you. Number two, the father, it says he felt compassion for him. And we just read this. Jesus, right? He felt compassion for the crowds. And the father, he felt compassion for the son that, it, that was far off or felt distant. And maybe he wasn't actually like doing anything to feel wrong, but like he just felt distant. Like you just didn't feel the father's embrace. And we know he was living in sin and all these things, but you don't have to be living in sin to feel distant from the Lord. You can just have a season where you just feel distant from the Lord and you just need to know that the father sees you and he's looking for you. It says he ran and he embraced him. He hugged him and kissed him. And, and then he, bring, he brings out the robe. So the father celebrates you. The father has room for you. The father is inviting you in. The father doesn't hold out on you. The Father makes himself known to us. He comes to make his home with us. And I just want you to know this morning that the Father loves you. The Father really, 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 really loves you. And I think some of us just need to hear that, and we need to rest in that, and we need to sit in it that the Father loves us. We can't go far from that truth. The Father loves us. He loves you, Dre, (laughs) because you're looking at me, because I love you. So that's, that's where I kind of wanted us to land this morning. So I hope some of this has been encouraging and pieced together. And so um, I just want to put this kind of in front of you. Um, John 14, 9, that story about Thomas. Um, there's one more point I just want to put up here. It says, um, seeing Jesus is seeing the Father, and experiencing Jesus is experiencing the Father. I don't know if that made it into the slide deck, Kevin, but um, John fourteen nine gives us that, that seeing Jesus is seeing the Father. So I just want us to see Jesus this morning. Um, and, and to experience the Father's love. So this leads me to um, invite my wife up here for a minute. Um, we just wanted to do something as, um, I don't know if you want to call us spiritual leaders in this house, and um, get you the, now, yeah, just give her a red mic. Is that all right? Red mic. And uh, we're just going to sit down and just, we got a little something that we prepared that we wanted to just share with you all. Is that all right? This is family, right? We're family this morning. We're hanging out in the living room. We're making a little living room right here.
2: So um, there was um, a, a memory of mine personally that I wanted to share. I felt led to share for, with you all. And um, should I sit down?
1: Whatever you want to do. I got you a seat. Stand? I think I might stand. Okay, I'm going to stand. I'm going to sit while podium. you stand.
2: Um, so... Um, so the memory is this. It's, it's, uh, it's my experience of my father blessing me um, every night. And I just wanted to paint a picture of what the father's, what a father's blessing can look like. Um, and I know um, all, all of us are unique and you have your own um, unique expression of the father. Um, but I just wanted to share what my experience was um, in my home and what it, what it looked like and what it felt like to be blessed by my father. And you see this in scripture. You see um, Jacob blessed his sons. Um, you see Moses, he blessed all the children of Israel. Um, it was a verbal blessing. Um, it, was, um, it was spoken, you know, I'm sure in, in, in the assembly um, or just by the bedside, I think, was it?
1: So we got two verses. Genesis, you got those for me, Kevin? Genesis 49 and Deuteronomy 33, but um, it just says in verse 1 of chapter 49, then Jacob called his sons together. He said, gather yourselves that I may tell you what shall happen to you in the days to come. And it's a section they titled it, Jacob Blesses His Sons, and he speaks blessing over them. Um, Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 2, it says, this is the blessing with which Moses, the man of God, blessed the people of Israel before his death. He said, Um, and so these, these are the words that if you go read these passages, you get to read the words of a spiritual leader in the community, blessing his sons, blessing his children, blessing those that he's been pouring into and loving on and raising. And, um, so that's kind of the, the thought that came to you as we were talking about kind of our final Sunday here.
2: So the blessing, uh, the way my father blessed me. And if you could just imagine you're in a living room right now, um, it's the end of the day. We just finished our evening prayer time. Um, you know, nothing crazy, just, you know, we just pray. And um, the last thing he would do is he would call us to him by our full name. And since I was the firstborn, I was usually called first. And um, uh, he, would, he would speak a blessing, and he started with the, the blessing of the, uh, the, the Levite blessing. Um, which is the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And um, the line I want to just draw attention to is the Lord lift up his countenance um, upon you. And in order for, that means that the Father or God is looking up at you. So what that implies is that the Father is coming down on his knee or or lowering himself before you so he can look up into your face. Um that is like the picture that God's giving his children. Um he's high, right? He's the most high. That's one of his names. And yet as a father what his heart does is he is he bows down and he wants to look up into our face. Um, So what my dad would do is he would he would call me to him um, and he was he was usually looking up in my face because I was standing And he would put his right hand of blessing on my head or on my shoulder. And um, with his whole heart, he would say, Abigail Joy, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you come to know Jesus and walk with him all the days of your life. May you be a pillar and a flower in the house of the Lord. And may you hear and sing songs from heaven in Jesus' name. And that was his blessing, that he spoke over me every night. You know, every, every night. I'm sure I, I had really rebellious days, but he still spoke that blessing over me. And um, that's the heart of the Father. I share that because he wasn't, those weren't just his words. I know that was the Father's words over my life that's what the father saw in me and so that's what the father does he um he loves to bless his kids he loves to look them in the eye he loves to put his hands on them he loves to affirm them and who they are and so i just as it's father's day i just wanted to share that memory with you all and just um that's that's the lord for all of us like he wants to bless you and speak um these words of blessing over your life. Um, So um, Nick, if you're willing, I actually have a blessing crafted for you and the transit. Would you be willing to receive that this morning? All right. Would you be willing to come up?
1: We got a little action this morning, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is just a blessing we crafted, or actually, Abigail in her time before the Lord. And it's all rooted in scripture. We've got some scriptures here for you. But uh, we just wanted to, just kind of as, a, as an act of faith and encouragement, we just want to be Barnabases to you guys and, uh, and bless you. And so that's what we're going to do. You I want to join me. And this is for you too, Transit, OK? So everybody in this room, you get some of this. So receive. Put your hands in a posture of receiving. And, uh, and let us bless you. Uh, I'm going to get on one side of you so I can put my right hand of blessing on you. And uh, we just want to minister encouragement to you today, brother, and to this family. So, Lord, love, start us off.
2: The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace.
1: May the Lord Adonai put his name upon you, upon you, Nick and Jen and this transit family, may the Lord put his name, the Lord, my rock. Yahweh, Suri, the Lord, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, Mm -hmm. my shield and the one in whom I take refuge.
2: May you follow the footsteps of Jesus who came from the Father into the world and then left the world to go to the Father. Mm -hmm. May you know in the core of your being that your origin, your beginning, and your final destination is your Father in heaven. The Father himself loves you. May you continue the ministry of Jesus, revealing, honoring, and pointing people to the Father.
1: Nick, Jen, Body Transit, may your lives be a testimony that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. May you be a holy habitation of the Most High, May you see and believe that God is in the midst of you.
2: May you drink deeply of the pure river of the water of life that flows from the throne of God and from the Lamb. And as you are nourished by the river, out of the soil of your souls may trees of life bloom whose leaves bring healing to the nations.
1: May the sovereign Lord, the spirit of the sovereign Lord rest heavily upon you, Nick, Jen, and Transit to anoint you to bring good news to the poor, to send you to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and an opening of the prison to those who are bound, to comfort all who are mourned, to give beautiful headdresses instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, for you are called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The Lord bless you guys. Yeah. So we just wanted to kind of share that and, um, and just model that. Like, that's something, Transit, that I would encourage you, mothers, fathers, do it with your kids. Write out a blessing and, and take that time each day and each night to bless your children it starts in the home. What we see in this room is just a manifestation of what is going on in our living rooms, right? Like what we're doing at home will manifest in this space. And so um, I'm going to wrap up with a charge, and then we're going to uh, have communion together. Does that sound good, family? Um, thank you, love. You're amazing. Set this here. So my charge to you is simply out of Romans 12. These are the marks of, we saw the church in Antioch, they were first called disciples. And these are the marks of what you would see a follower of Jesus having. And so hopefully those verses, yeah, they are there. So this is my charge to you this morning, Transit, and uh, that you would receive this. uh, Transit family, let your love be genuine. Let it be genuine. Arbor or hate what is evil. Fear the Lord, my friends, my family, and hold fast to what is good. I would encourage you to love one another with brotherly affection, sisterly affection. We heard the testimonies this morning. Outdo each other in showing honor would be my exhortation to you this morning. Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. I'm asking that the Lord would put his zeal in your hearts for his house and for his word and for him. Would you serve the Lord this morning? I would encourage you, rejoice in hope, even when you can't see it. Rejoice and the hope that is in Christ Jesus. Be patient as tribulation comes, because it will. We'll have opportunities. And I would encourage you to be constant in prayer. And this last two always gets me. Contribute to the saints and seek. And that word, seek, it's other translations. It says pursue or run after showing hospitality. And so that's my exhortation and my charge to you this morning is be a family that welcomes others in as you've been welcomed into the Father's table. Sound good? Sound good? Okay. so we're going to take communion. So if you have or don't have, we have some of these sitting out here. And uh, I'm going to invite, um, yeah, let's just take communion. And then Nick's going to come up for a minute here. And uh, I can just, the Lord is good, isn't he? I love how we started out this morning. He's so good to us, so much goodness of God. And um, I just love being in his house with you all. You're such an awesome family. So let's do this in remembrance of Jesus. And just back to that point, something I thought of, too, while Abigail was sharing about how the Father lifts up his countenance, his face towards us, and that posture that Jesus takes. It just takes me back to that Last Supper. And you all remember, Jesus put the towel around his waist, and he, he takes a knee. And he begins to wash. And I can only imagine the words that came out of his mouth to John and to Peter and to the disciples of encouragement. And so I would just come before you humbly this morning. Let's receive the Lord's word. So Jesus, we just bow our hearts before you. We thank you how good you are, that you would stoop so low to wash our dirty feet. And not only that, you would go to the cross, and you would take every hit, every punishment that we deserve, that your flesh would be torn apart, that we might have entryway to the throne of the king. And so, Jesus, we do this this morning in remembrance of you. Holy Spirit, we ask even right now before we take the bread and before we take um, the, the wine in remembrance of you, would you search our hearts? Is there any unforgiveness in our hearts? Is there any bitterness? Is there any sin that we need to repent of, Holy Spirit? We, d- we do that now. We just give you space. And we ask that you'd forgive us and we plead your blood over our sin. And so church, let's break the bread. Jesus, we do this. We take your body in remembrance of your body broken for us. let's open the... Juice cup here. And let's let's drink together. Jesus, we thank you for your blood shed for us, and we drink and do this in remembrance of you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. All right, Nick.
0: Let's hear it for the workmen's guys.
1: <laughs> Abby, get on up
0: here. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna to try to make it through this with a dry face. Um, Gotta have tissue. This is the this is the official farewell part. In case you don't know what's happening. Uh, Come here, Joan Abby. We love you guys. Already started. <laughs> it's uh it's been a joy, privilege, and an honor. Uh, to serve alongside two people so full of love and so full of the Spirit. Joe, I want miss rumbling with you every yeah. Monday afternoon and Whew. catching up and just hearing so many awesome stories of what's the Lord been showing you? Yeah. What's the Lord been doing here? And all that, that's amazing. <laughs> and Abby, you're uh, you singing over us in this community these past 10 years has been the Lord's sunlight and water to the soil of our souls. And um, I wanted to. My daughter has such a heart for worship, and, it's, and, and that's not me. <laughs> I'm not up here on the keys. That's that's you. The songs that you've written, the songs that you've sung, generational impacts not just my life and our and our church body, but my daughter, my sweet little daughter, uh, is hands raised and a worshipper of Jesus because of your leadership and your influence these past ten years. So we just want to say thank you, guys. Um, I knew I was probably going to tear up, so I have a three-point outline that I'll start with H because I'm a preacher by trade, and I don't want to do this for half an hour, but um, the first thing that when I think, uh, when, when we all think of the Workman family, we think of your heart for worship, your heart for praise, your love for pressing in and pursuing Jesus in song, and that has been, I mean, that has shifted the culture of this church and shifted the culture of my heart where now uh, that's, that's the land I love to live in. And I think, I, I think we can all say amen to this past year and a half and just over these past 10 years of, of the, the momentum shift that has come of them leading us in exaltation of Jesus, where again, they're not performing on Sunday, they're saying, hey, we love to worship Jesus and we're gonna worship Jesus and y'all are coming with us, right? That's their leadership style, I love it. So your heart for worship and, and your hospitality, your hospitality, thank you for opening up your, your homes Week in, week out, uh, there was like an open door policy at your house, whether it was six a.m. in the mornings for hosting a, a one-on-one discipleship or men's breakfast or community group or prayer and worship nights for until like two a.m., um, where we got to encounter the living God. And then you, Abby, gave me a prophetic word before I even knew I was going to become a lead pastor. But the Lord told you, and it was awesome. Um, so we just thank you. We thank you for that, and um, all the ways that you've opened up your heart and your home to us. And lastly, well, I just want to say thank you for your hunger. Your zeal for the Lord is contagious. Um, and there's a grace upon your life, and it is zeal for Jesus and zeal for his kingdom going, like, just like you guys were praying. And, 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 and to, to summarize what I'm saying is that my life, and I would say our lives collectively as a church, have looked completely different because of your life and your hunger for the Lord and his kingdom. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's a lot, there's a lot you guys could seek after. There's a lot of things you guys could do to spend your time, but you're going full send on the King Jesus and his kingdom, and the impact is, 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 is monumental, it's generational, and it's global. So thank you, guys. And I, and I want you to hear the refrain, uh, and I think we can all agree upon this, is that the, the refrain of the Heavenly Father over, over your guys' life these past 10 years is, Job well done, my good and faithful servants. With you, I am well pleased. So on that note, let's pray and try to make it through this. All right. Lord, we thank you, Ooh, Lord, we thank you, we thank you, God, for family. We thank you, Jesus, that you've reconciled us in one body, uh, that Joe and Abby are our brothers and sisters eternally in you. I pray your blessing upon them, Lord God, that they would hear your refrain, that they would look back. at with smiles and and joy on this last 10-year run at the transit. And they would hear the refrain from the Father, I am so pleased with you guys. Job well done. Look at the fruit. Look at the life. Look at the move of the Spirit. Look at the hearts that have been changed. Look at the hearts that now are hungry and chasing after Jesus because of your hunger and your zeal. And so, Lord, we pray, uh, Lord God, we know you have big plans for me down in Richmond with MAPS Global, and we pray for a great outpouring of your spirit upon that community. We pray for the workmen and for MAPS Global that there would be no lack of resources financially or with personnel, Lord God, and that you would um, send out laborers into the harvest to go where nobody else is willing to go with the hope of the gospel, the hope of the gospel, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God, and we are so grateful that for these past 10 years we have gotten to serve with and alongside these dear brothers and sisters who love you so much and who have loved us so well, Lord God. And so may they feel your presence, may they feel your pleasure in the ways that they've sacrificed, God, and um, we just come before you so grateful, uh, Lord Jesus, for the time that we've gotten to spend with them these past couple years, and we pray your blessing over them in Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. And, again, this is, uh, this is not goodbye. Listen, Richmond's only an hour and a half away That's without right. traffic. So That's, right. That's right. With traffic, it's about 25 hours away. <laughs> um, but uh, they'll be back, and we'll be down in Richmond rumbling with you guys. We got a gift, classic uh, farewell. So, yes. one, we got you a cool compilation video of uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> more tears. This is a bag of tears. And so I didn't put tissues in there, but a compilation video uh, of, of we just wanted you to see all the faces and the lives that you've touched Amen. um the link is there it's super long and you're not going to punch all that just i'll email it to you yeah but it's printed out in there and then uh don't ask me how we got this because you can't get them online but uh there is a gift card to one of the hippest trendiest coffee shops in richmond uh virginia i don't know I, richmond's coffee game is on point okay they got really good coffee so blancher's gift card <laughs> there for you and the family and uh, I hear they're, they have great coffee. They do. Yeah, so Dude, love you guys. Come on, brother. And oh. uh, here's what we're going to do is we're going to uh, we're gonna farewell the workmen with one final, one final song of worship. Uh, there's no better way to farewell this amazing family than to sing uh, to our king. So, band, you can come on up, and then uh, Joe will close with one, with one final benediction.